you want to know the hobby? The hobbies are part of the psychographics. That's the lifestyle. And I say this all the time. You're not going to make any money if you're a football podcast and you're marketing yourself to baseball fans. Yeah. Okay. Pretty different. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I see this, you know, you, I, I got people coming to me saying, you know, I have a sports podcast, but I'm not making any money. Why am I not? Well, what sports are you talking about? Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. Sound plays a more important role in human behavior and our decision-making than you may realize. In this podcast, I'll help you understand the art and science of sound so you can better influence others in business and your life. I'm your host, Jody Krangle. Let's delve a little deeper. Here's the first part of my conversation with Bruce Chamoff. My next guest is the CEO of the successful World Podcast Network. As a marketing visionary and web developer of almost 30 years, he programs any website feature he dreams up to help podcasters and entrepreneurs succeed. After managing the web teams for top organizations, including the NBA, National Enquirer, and the Radio City Rockets, he focuses mainly on the World Podcast Network and manages its podcaster relations team to help podcasters grow their shows. In addition to the World Podcast Network, he has his own podcast called Become a Successful Podcaster, where he offers advice to podcasters on audience growth, monetization, and more. He's also a musician and songwriter of both rock and pop, with five albums, plus over 20 singles on Spotify and Apple Music. His name is Bruce Chamoff, and we'll have a lot to talk about, so whether you're a podcaster, a musician, or just looking for better ways to get your message out into the world, I have no doubt Bruce will have some golden nuggets of advice you'll want to hear. As always, if you have questions for my guest, you're welcome to reach out through the links in the show notes. If you have questions for me, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com, where you'll find a lot of ways to get in touch. You can also join regular LinkedIn audio events at 2 p.m. Eastern every Wednesday. Plus, subscribing to the newsletter will let you know when the new podcasts are available and what the new LinkedIn audio events will be about. And if you're getting some value from listening, the best ways to show your support are to share this podcast with a friend and leave an honest review. Both those things really help, and I'd love to feature your review on future podcasts. You can leave one either in written or in voice format from the podcast's main page. I would so appreciate that. And now, here's my conversation with Bruce Chamoff. Well, hello, Bruce. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. All right, Jody. Thank you. Yeah. Good to see you. And thanks for having me on. <laughs> yeah. So I always start out my podcasts with one particular question, and you may know what's coming. <laughs> but do you have an early memory of how sound moved you? Oh, yeah. When I was a kid in the 70s, just listening to music. I'm a songwriter and musician, so... Mm -hmm. I played piano starting at six years old and used to airplay the piano to Elton John songs when I was probably like <laughs> that age. And from there, the music just moved me enough to want to be a musician and write music. Okay. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so you started playing music at what age? How six. old were you? Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty young. So did anyone else in your family play music? Was it something that was in the family or you just started it on your own? It's well, nobody else in the family has stayed a musician. Everybody has tried to play an instrument and everybody quit. 
I was the only one who really just kept going and making kind of like a career with it, you know, like making music, playing live, all that stuff. None of my family members do that. And I guess we're not, we're not musicians. So, you know, um, that is how I kind of differentiate myself from the rest of the family when it comes to music. Okay. Yeah. So what, like, how do you market your songs now? Like, do you, I know you do a lot more than that. <laughs> There's a lot going on in Bruce's life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we will definitely get to that. But you market your songs on Spotify, right? And Spotify, Apple, yeah. SoundCloud, pretty much okay. mostly. And I still, I have to get more in, into YouTube. I do have a couple of YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. But I don't really market them as much, and I don't have much of a YouTube following. So that's what I'm working on next. Yeah, yeah. And so you're doing the music, and you're yeah. also doing the world podcast uh, network that you have going on. Yes. And how did the world podcast network get started? Because that's something of a story, I imagine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, 2005 podcasting was launched as a space and of course not many people knew about it at that time i started my podcast it was actually called the fresh music series i'm i'm a songwriter and unsigned musician mm -hmm. and i wanted to promote not just my music but others in my local area of long island new york so i just started putting the ad up, the network up. And believe it or not, the local tabloid on Long Island, which is called Newsday, got a hold of that website and did an article. It, they did the article nine months after I launched the website. So I launched the podcast network okay. February of 2006, and the article went live November. Like it was published November. So from there, it just exploded. And we have an article and I still have it but the tabloid back then when people were actually reading the newspaper offline <laughs> it's so funny I remember it's, those days <laughs> I remember those days too it's so funny I still have it but mm -hmm. it's turning it's turning yellow because it's that it's a 17 almost 18 year old article and it's I've kept it all these years I finally scanned it in and people can read that newspaper article online now obviously it's nowhere to be found on the Newsday website. They probably just archive their articles like every couple of years. So that was, in, from what I know, the very first podcast network in the world. Nobody started a pod. And the reason I did this was because I had one podcast. It was called the Fresh Music Series. But then I decided I'm a web developer. I'm a computer programmer and I'm a marketing person. I should combine that to make something really big. And why am I limiting it to just music? I can bring on podcasts that are business, technology, sports, food, whatever. And that's what I did. When I was younger in college, I wanted to get onto a radio station and play my choice of heavy metal music. Back then, in the 80s, I loved Juice Priest, Iron Maid, Metallica, growing up with all those groups. And I wanted to be a radio DJ. But the radio station at that time was too full. I, I couldn't get on. There was no room for another DJ. That desire stayed with me for years. And then when podcasting came out in 2005, I decided, let me build a network and include as many podcasts as I can. And that's how it was born. 
Yeah, I was wondering how you got into podcasting. And I know you have a podcast of your own now. So how have you found doing your own podcast now, as opposed to running the network? I guess now you get sort of the uh, intimate ideas of what podcasting is all about. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, it's been a a long time. I mean, we're going on almost 20 years. I mean, we're just shy a couple of years. So I actually have had that longevity. And Mm -hmm. people... On the network, people were always asking me a lot of questions about how to succeed as a podcaster. They were asking about how to monetize, how to market them, their podcast, how to brand it, grow it, what's the proper way to bring on guests. And I got the same questions over and over and over again because they mm-hmm. see that I'm the guy running the network. So that's when I started the podcast, Become a successful podcaster because I wanted to answer the same questions in an episode. And that is, I mean, now people are just coming to me with all types of questions. I'm like, oh, you know what? Before I answer it, let me just go ahead and record an episode on it. And I'll answer your question that way. This way I can answer it for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. Um, I, I have to ask, what are the changes? What are the most interesting changes that you've seen over the years in podcasting? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a loaded question. But I'll uh, say- Yeah, there's a lot, I'm sure. But, <laughs> you know, yeah, specifically maybe after the pandemic, because I, I'm oh, yeah. thinking that changed some things. <laughs> it, re- it really did. Before the pandemic, the podcast network had only about 200 shows. Now we're almost close to 1,000. And oh, wow. we're getting a lot of signups now because, yes, the, po- the pandemic was a- an opportunity for people who were-, were not leaving the house. They were working at home and they had to do something. So they got into podcasting. But when I started podcasting, Apple was not into podcasts. They were only into playing artists. There was no Spotify yet. As a matter of fact, there was no Facebook. Mm-hmm. I think Facebook was launched in 2007. Yeah. So podcasting is even older than Facebook. But Twitter, I believe, was it came in around that. So social media was a lot different. Mm-hmm. We didn't have Spotify. Like I said, we, Apple didn't have Apple Music, Apple Podcasts. They just had iTunes, right? And nobody was getting into it. Google did not have podcasts, and they've done very well with it, but now they're, they're just continuing podcasts now. Uh, there was no Stitcher. So obviously, it just the, the amount of platforms grew. That's the first answer to your question, what changed? So mm-hmm. that really is now there's so many choices to go out. There was no Anchor. There was no Buzzsprout. The only platform that I knew of at the time was Libsyn. Yeah. That was that was it. And Libsyn was they were dominating the platforms. That was before Spotify decided to add Anchor. So yeah, I mean it, it was just not a big choice for people to host their podcast, distribute it, but now they have a big choice. And among the platforms, it's very competitive within that space. But that oh, gives yeah. that gives us a lot of choice now. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, I know I started on Libsyn, and then I think yeah. I went to Buzzsprout, and now I'm on Captivate. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot more choice now than there ever was. And I've only been in this four years. So <laughs> for me, I mean, that's like almost nothing compared to what you've been doing. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you're doing very well with your show, too. So well, thank you. I'm very impressed yeah. with what you've accomplished as well, Jody. I really appreciate you being here. 
Know anyone that you think would make a great guest for this podcast? Someone who works in sound on behalf of clients? Please do get in touch. I'd love to hear about them. Your recommendations are always super helpful. And now back to the show. Well, I was really impressed with the network itself. So I wanted to ask you why someone would have their podcast on your network. Like what would be their their reason for being there? What what do you think would would be a, a benefit for them? That's a good question. The biggest answer, the best answer I can give you is that we do the marketing as a whole. So if mm-hmm. a podcast joins any podcast network, that network should be good at the, the top thing they should be good at is marketing. Because if they can market and get visitors to their network, then obviously the podcasts on that network will also do well. So it's kind of like a piggyback. You know, it's a platform where instead of the podcaster doing their single marketing and branding, the network does it for them or the network does it as a supplement to what they're already doing. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. So it's good to have that extra oomph behind you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that, of course, and that, of course, makes me think about what marketing strategies can I come up with? I mean, and this is a, a past question of my own that, mm-hmm. you, you know, you, those one internal questions that you ask yourself. And sure. how do I bring people to my traffic, to traffic, to my network so I can actually make the, the podcasters on that network happy? And I do have my answer. Um, as I say, as I tell everybody, I'm not just a a marketing person with a visionary, a vision. I am also a web developer. Most people are one or the other. So if you're a marketing visionary, you're usually not a web developer. Mm-hmm. And you have to talk to a web developer to uh, launch something or if you have an idea, right? And if you're a web developer, you're usually not a marketing visionary. And I talk to both types of people and I never meet anybody who does both, but I do both. So if I get an idea, like a marketing idea or a feature or a benefit that I could put on my network, I sit down and code it. And it's on the podcast network literally with within about seven days. Okay, nice. Right? So that's yeah. where I think I, I'm different and our network is different. I'm just constantly thinking of new features, new benefits, new ways to market the members. And I sit down and do it. And then we do a big email blast. You say, you know, and you probably have gotten our, our email blast too. Mm-hmm. Hey, we got this new feature. Go ahead and use it. And <laughs> Yeah. So. so what are some of the features that you've implemented over the years? Well, I think the one thing that makes our podcast network stand out above the others is we just launched the portal. So podcasters can log in and actually manage their shows. They could change every, I mean, you can do this right now too, Jody. You log in, you know, you log in with your username and password. You can change your bio. You can change your platform. So if you move from Buzzsprout to Libsyn, you could change that platform. And of course, you change the RSS feed. If you have a new social network, like let's say you're you're on Instagram, you've never been on Instagram, you could put that in as a social network. <laughs> that's exactly what just happened to me. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've never been on Instagram before. Now I'm on Instagram. <laughs> that's awesome. And you could just log in and you, you log in and you enter it. So we have a yep. social media section. We also offer monetization opportunities. So you log in, we show you, you can play music, get paid that way. Uh, you can play commercials. So we offer monetization because we that's the number one question I get. How do I monetize my podcast? And of course, 
I know how to answer that question. And that I, ha- I think I have about three or four episodes on my own podcast with that. But um, so the portal for me is the biggest is the biggest feature that we've launched. The other one is the leaderboard. Oh, yeah. Right. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. that <laughs> is. And I've seen you in the top 20. We I have, a, believe it or not, a team of about five people who actually work on the network, and I can't do it all myself anymore. It's grown that much, that fast. Yeah. So we have somebody that actually updates the leaderboard. They hit one button, and then it takes all the stats, the analytics, the votes, the logins, the levels, all that, and puts it together into a ranking. And then you, the the algorithm ranks you, just like Google would rank somebody on, you know, for like, let's say... They they perform their search engine optimization strategies. Well, we have that as well. So that's nice. and that's you know that's the way it brings people back to the it brings traffic back to the network. It's mm-hmm. a great way for podcasters to do a little work and get people back and helps us. But then we do most of the work. So and well, it's good to know that you're yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this that's that's quite the network. And I, I have poked around a little myself. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really impressed with what you've put Thank together. You. Thank you. And it's yeah. going to keep on growing from there. I'm glad to hear it. I, I really hope it doesn't stand still because there's yeah. always things coming. There's always new stuff happening. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Along the lines of monetization, because I know that, um, like you were saying, you've put some stuff into place in the network, which is great. But in someone's podcast, uh, how do you recommend that they do this? Is there a recommended way that you would suggest or uh, like, is does it depend on the podcast? I mean, I think it probably does, but... I think any podcast can monetize, but Mm -hmm. the first thing they have to do is grow their audience. You can't monetize to an audience that you have not grown. And that is the biggest piece of advice I give everybody. And I think it makes sense, right? Uh, I've gotten, I've had podcasts where I would check their reviews on Apple and they would have like five reviews and they say, well, I want to monetize. So no, you cannot do that because the number of reviews is a big indicator of what your audience size is. Yes. I mean, if you have a thousand subscribers, I mean, 5% is not, it's, it's very small percentage. I always tell podcasters that you have to have a goal. How many subscribers do you want to have? And before you have that number, you have to think about monetizing, but you can't really do it yet until you hit that goal. Okay. Yeah. So if you want to have 500 subscribers and you'll get all those statistics from whatever platform you're on, like Buzzsprout or Anchor or Libsyn, once those platforms tell you what your audience number is, then you think about monetizing. Yeah. Uh, I do think that there's something to be said for people who have a real niche, though. If you have a very specific niche and you're marketing to a particular uh, market right. and that market is uh, an- enough that they feel that your podcast can help them get their message across. Uh, I don't know that it matters how many people you have. It's as long as you have the right people. I mean, that's I true think also. It, yeah. I think it might depend on what your niche is and who the people selling products in that space are and how valuable they think your members are. 
Do you want to sound your absolute best when you're being interviewed on a podcast or when you're hosting your own show? I have a podcast episode and free downloadable worksheet called Sounding Your Best as a Podcast Guest off of the audiobrandingpodcast.com main page. Just click on the little square graphic to the left of the player displaying my podcast trailer. It gives you some comprehensive suggestions for where to start or for improving the sound you already have, including the type of microphones to consider and why, ideas for soundproofing your recording environment, and suggestions on how to get the best sound when you're being remotely recorded on services like Riverside FM or Squadcast. Don't let bad audio quality hold you back from being the best podcast guest or host you can be. And of course, if you happen to need voiceover for your intro and outro, feel free to get in touch. I'm happy to help. And now, back to the podcast. Here's another thing. <laughs> what about the stats? Because the stats yeah. are constantly changing and we don't know if those are real or not. And a lot of people fudge their stats. <laughs> so, yeah. How do you uh, what do you think of the the statistics that are out right now that are saying that, for instance, there's been like a, a drop in podcasting or, you know, uh, all of these numbers that are coming out and and the different ways of interpreting them, I guess, because there's all sorts of different ways to interpret all this. Like, well, what I do mean, you think? I mean, yeah, for, yeah I mean, for, first of all, yes, it is about statistics and about analytics. Mm -hmm. On the podcast network, that's something we also do. We, we collect data on everything. Sure. So if you click on a particular episode, we know we keep all we keep track of all that. So when the podcaster logs in, they can see that. Well, I believe that, first of all, Yes, it's the type of niche that you're in. But the one thing that podcasters also have to understand uh, is a little bit about marketing and demographics, right? We hear about demographics. We don't know what demographics is. And it's very important that podcasters know. And I get this question all the time. What is demographics? That is your... That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> but you have to know. So it's basically your marketing breakdown of your audience. It's your classification. It's your marital status. It's your, your age. It's your gender, right? I mean, if you are a podcast that is, let's say that you're uh, an 18-year-old, and you're, you got a great podcast going, but you're marketing yourself to 55-year-olds, do you think you're going to make any money? Probably not, right? No. We want to yeah. identify with the demographics and that's important. And the other thing I say too is also psychographics. And that's what's the lifestyle of your your audience members. That could be sexual orientation, right? Are you gay? Are you straight? Are you um are you bi? Because now we have like twenty five different types of sexuality out there, right? And anybody could be all types, right? So you want to know what that is of your audience. You also want to know what are the hobbies. And I'll tell you why I'm saying all this too. You want to know the hob the hobbies are part of the psychographics. That's the lifestyle. And I say this all the time. You're not gonna make any money if you're a football podcast and you're marketing yourself to baseball fans. Yeah. Okay. Pretty different. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I see this, you know, you I, I got people coming to me saying, you know, I have a sports podcast, but I'm not making any money. Why am I not? Well, what sports are you talking about? Okay. You're talking about that sport. But do you know if the people coming to your podcast actually like that sport? Do they watch that sport? Do they play that sport? Because if they don't, 
you're not going to actually identify with them and you will make no money. So that's really important that I think people get it. They have to know that if you have a website, go on your, you know, on your podcast, you say, Hey, we're taking a survey. You don't need to give us your name. You don't need to give us your email address. Just tell us what your gender is. Are you, what, you know, what, what are you into? What kind of sports are you into? What kind of food do you like? Right? What age are you? And if you can figure all that out, then you can probably also tailor your episodes to that target market as we say in marketing. And once you do that, once you figure that out, I can guarantee you that the money will f just fly in. Okay. Right? <laughs> and, it's, and, we, and now, like you said about the niche, niche right? So yeah. the, niche, the niche has to match the demographics and the psychographics of your audience. And I yeah. truly believe that. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So marketing to your avatar 101. <laughs> but it's, it's important because marketing brings in the money. It's it that simple. Does. Yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. This has been part one of our interview. I hope you'll tune in next week for part two. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, why not tell a friend about this podcast? It's available in all the usual locations. Until next time.